listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, hello, global listeners, and welcome to the new season of Alive Again on Pet Life Radio. I'm Brent Atwater and the world's authority on animal life after death and reincarnation. And you're going, uh, why? Well, the reason is because I see pets. Like, look at the living energy. It's as if I'm seeing their living energy in ghost style, except in see-through form. And that allows me to have a conversation with them face-to-face rather than just telepathically connecting for animal reincarnation readings. One of the things we want to do before we get going today, if your heart's hurting, we invite you to our Facebook group and you'll see we're the number one grief resource in the world. So come on down. We're a team to help heal your hearts. We have people all over the world who are going to help your heart heal and will hold your hand and be there for you through your entire journey. We also have a blog for those of you who are interested that has lots of information and stories which will help you become more aware about the animal life after death and pet reincarnation process. Now, in addition to our blog, you'll notice on the PetLifeRadio.com website under Alive Again, we list our upcoming shows, and we ask you to send your questions to Brent at PetLifeRadio.com or on our Facebook page of our show. That way, we'll have your input and your suggestions of things that you want to hear. Now, today, after we hear from our sponsors, we're going to talk about how I do an animal reincarnation reading. Why, you ask? Because so many people want to know, what is this process? And for the ACs and people out there who want to learn, we'll be teaching classes around the world very soon, and we look forward to having you join us. So stay tuned after we hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll get going on how to do an animal reincarnation reading. Thanks for listening, and here's our sponsor. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. And also, I forgot to tell you, we have a book called Animal Reincarnation that's on Amazon.com and in multiple languages so everybody around the world can begin to read and heal their hearts. 
Okay, so let's go sit down, get a glass of tea, take shoes off, pull on up. And this is going to be like a little mini classroom today for those of you who are listening and want to learn. And for those of you who are just plain curious and go, what does she do? Then settle back and listen because I'm going to share with you. Okay, first of all, how am I different from an animal communicator? Well, animal communicators talk telepathically. That means mind to energy frequency of the pet. And that means they read the mental impression or sense or feeling that they get inside their body or inside their head to create an impression. And that impression gives the information that the animal communicator presents to their clients. So you say to me, and? Well, here's what I do. I look at the pet's living energy. Think a ghost. Think a full-dressed, actually looking exactly like your pet, ghost form, except it's the living energy, and it's see-through or sheer. And then I sit the pet down, look them face-to-face, and give them an interview and ask them to talk to me and grill them with the questions that you want to know. So what I see is the information you get. Now, I also have information that is given to me through the pet telepathically. But in addition to the telepathic information, I also look at the pet and tell you what he's talking and saying to me, which I think is sort of interesting. And for me, it's always fun. People say, well, do you know what the pet is going to say before you talk to them? No, I don't. Because I never tap into the energy until I ask the pet to give me their permission to talk to them. And if you don't ask your pet to give you permission to talk to them, then you're not getting 100% of the information available, nor are you getting 100% accuracy. Because there's some animals that won't talk to you. I had a cat that just crossed its arms and said, I don't think so. I don't want to talk today. and I'm not doing it. And I'm going, uh, excuse me, your mother's sitting here and they want to talk to you. Cat crossed his arms and said, not happening. So what did I have to do? I had to tell the owner, excuse me, Nikki does not want to talk to me today. So the owner said, please, Nikki, talk to her so we can converse. And eventually he gave way and did talk to me. And by the way, sometimes cats have a lot of attitude and so do other pets. Now, most people won't tell you that. But one of the things and the first way I start and I explain to my client before I do the reading, all of the things that I'm getting to share with you. First of all, I explain to them that I tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you go, oh, why do you do that? Well, I feel that I'm a conduit of the information and not the one who gets to choose what you hear and what you don't hear. And as a conduit, I feel it's integrity to tell you any information that I receive. And that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot of people make the mistake of editing the information they receive, and they also only tell it to the client on an as-needed basis because, one, they don't want to upset the client, or two, they want to make sure the client thinks they're wonderful and gets only the information they want to hear. Well, it's not good to control, alter, or change any information that you receive because that dilutes the truth of the reading and the integrity of the information. Another thing is you don't want to use filters. A lot of people, when they can't make a connection, because every communicator has a bandwidth of electromagnetic energy that they can tune into. Now, what does that mean? You're going, that's a lot of words. Well, not really. 
It means that like a radio station channel, you tune your frequency to a particular bandwidth, and when you get that, that's the information you receive. And that's how animal communicators receive the information they get for Fluffy, Buffy, and Muffy. So, it doesn't mean that a reading is good or bad because of the information you get, but what makes the difference is the bandwidth the animal communicator can access. If they can only access channel 101 and Fluffy's physical energy is 110, then you're not going to get a very good reading. If Fluffy's station is 110 and you or your animal communicator can connect to channel 110, then you'll get a really good reading. So it's not the animal communicator who's not giving you a good reading necessarily. It's the bandwidth they access married to the frequency where your pet lives. When both of those are in sync, you get a dead-on good reading. Now, another thing is when I do a reading, you don't use filler. I tell people, if I don't hear it, you don't hear it. A lot of people will have a gap when they're talking to the pets or telepathically trying to contact the pets or access the pets. So the filler they'll use is, oh, Buffy loves you. Oh, Fluffy's happy. Oh, he's with you all the time. Well, now, of course, you being vulnerable, you're sitting there and go, this makes my heart smile. I have a problem with that kind of filler. I don't use it and I won't use it because unless the pet tells it to me and is saying it directly to you, then I don't use that information. If the pet is asked a question and we're interviewing back and forth and the pet does not have an answer, I'm going to look at you and say, your pet's not answering me. I can't give you an answer. If the pet says, I love you, I miss you and all that, I'll relay that information. But if your pet's not answering, I always say, I'm not getting an answer. He's not telling me anything. I can't connect. It's not resonating. Another thing I tell the clients at the beginning of a reading is, if what I'm saying is not resonating with you, then please just discard it because your soul knows and your heart knows. And a lot of times somebody will go out of an uh, animal communication session and they go, oh, that was the most wonderful reading I ever had in my life. About three months later, they go, you know, something's a little off. You know, that doesn't quite fit. Or, you know, that dog that they said is reincarnated, it's just not really acting like my old reincarnated dog. But the animal communicator said it's my dog. Well, let me tell you, probably not your dog. If you've had that thought, it's not your dog. It's not your cat. It's not your horse. One of the advantages of being able to look at energy is the fact that every human being, every living entity, every pet has a very specific identical blueprint of their electromagnetic energy. Think of it this way. Every snowflake has a very different pattern. Well, every pet's soul's life force energy has a very different snowflake pattern. And when you're doing a reincarnation reading and you are able to look at energy and look at the pet alive and deceased and see both the alive and deceased energy in front of you, you can take that snowflake electromagnetic soul's life force energy pattern and lay it one on top of the other. If the two snowflakes or soul patterns match, that is a reincarnated animal. Now, when an animal communicator does this telepathically, they only can sense or feel if it's a reincarnated animal because they're not looking at 
that specific individualized snowflake electromagnetic pattern to determine if they fit one on top of the other. So sometimes there can be a little discrepancy at that point in time. Now, when I start the reading, I have to find the pet. And the way I do it is I ask the pet to come to me after I have asked permission to access their energy and to talk to them. And I say, all right, I'd like you to come and show me three things that the owner will know and recognize you by. Now, because I see energy, I think this is really important because sometimes you can think you're talking to Buffy or Fluffy and you're not on their frequency. And that'll give a bad reading or you're going to have to do a lot of filler because a lot of people don't have the courage to say, I just can't access your pet. An example of this, I was talking to a beagle and I asked the beagle permission to access it and I looked and I looked and I looked and Blanche, I could not find Blanche's energy anywhere. Now, I've been doing this a long time, okay, and I couldn't find Blanche's energy anywhere, and I kept looking and looking and looking, and I finally said to the girl after 20 minutes, I can't find Blanche. I said, we're going to have to make another appointment, and I tell people right up front, if I can't find your pet in the identifying stage, then we'll make another appointment and try again because they may be out playing somewhere at Rainbow Bridge and having a really good time, except they forget to tell me, and we want to talk to them today, and they're going, I don't think so. I'm going to play with my fellow dogs, cats, and horses. So anyway, Blanche didn't show up. And this was the first time in some 20 years that I ever had this happen to me. Well, I just said, okay, I can't do this anymore. Let's make an appointment. So as we were making the appointment, Blanche says to me, have you ever tried looking for angel energy? I went, no, you're a dog. I'm trying to access dog frequency. She said, try accessing angelic frequency. Said, okay. The minute I did that, up comes Blanche. Blanche was a guardian angel who had taken a beagle form. And I told the owner, I said, I have never in my life, in all my years of practice, seen this before. And that's another thing. Be sure, and a lot of people don't have this courage, but I do, tell your client if you don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. It simply means that the energy is not flowing through you and the information is not flowing through you. It doesn't make you look bad. It makes you tell the truth. So I said to her, no, I have never looked for angelic energy in a dog before because when I look for a dog, I look for a dog frequency. Well, the bottom line was we tapped into the angelic frequency and we had a lovely hour and a half reading with lots of information. And I was felt very blessed that I got to meet Blanche who taught me that angels do take dog form to take care of their people. Now, when I go look for the animal and I open the energy portal, and I will use a prayer before I do that, which we're going to discuss later. But I'm giving you the techniques first. I open the energy portal. Now, when you open that energy portal and say, I want to talk to a pet on the other side, it is like opening a kindergarten room and you've got the candy. Everybody is running to you going, me, 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 talk to me, me, me. And you have never seen such a rush of fur, feathers, and fins coming at you as when you initially open that portal to talk to a pet. So I always tell the client, let me explain. When I open this portal, there's going to be thousands out there that want to be talked to. And we need to go through several sometimes before I can find your pet. Now, because I'm a medical intuitive, the pets usually show me physical signs to identify them. For me, that's easier because I'm looking at it. I called in for a dog. We went through three dogs, one the dog. Fourth time, the dog comes up, lifts his paw, and he has a corn between his second and third toe. And I say, the dog has a corn between his second and third toe. And they go, oh, yeah, they had that about, oh, 
about 10 years ago. Well, here's what's important for you to know. When you're a medical intuitive and when you look at energy, and this is key, hear this. When you look at energy, you are looking at energy from the day of conception, the first little cell that comes out and they're coagulating till the time they cross the death line. So when I'm looking for a recognizable sign, I'm looking for the day they took their first breath until the day they took their last. And that is the window and time frame that they're showing me signs to recognize for their parents. And sometimes that's a little strange because I tell the parents, sometimes when you have a reading, there are layers to it that today you won't remember, but three months from now you will remember. Example, I had a dog that I said, oh, wow, this dog got impacted in the side of the jaw. Well, the dog had been attacked by a pit bull. So that identified that it was their dog. And then another one, I said, okay, here's a cat. He's missing the second tooth behind his canine tooth. And they said, oh, yes, he lost that when he was 10 years old. And then the next thing I said, well, but he had a cancerous growth on his back foot. Well, yeah, he had that when he was nine years old. And I said, okay, and he had this. And so when I describe the medical characteristics that I use to identify the pet, it can range from the day they were born until the day they passed. And sometimes the owner will have to think about it to say, yeah, that's fluffy. Let's keep going. But the most important thing is be sure you are connected to the correct pet. Now, the difference, again, in telepathic and looking at energy is when you look at them, what you see is what you get. Telepathically, it's a sense or a feeling. So I always advise people, if you have that skill or want to learn that skill, using the energy is a pretty good 100% way to verify that what you're looking at is what you're hearing, sensing, and feeling at the same time. And if I haven't bored you, after the sponsors talk, we'll be right back and move right along. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, and now that we've identified Fluffy, let's see what happens next. The next thing we want to do is look at their past lives. Why? Because the energy frequency is lower than the present energy and lower than the future energy. Future energy is a very high vibration. Present energy is a very solid vibration. Past energy is a lower vibration. Now, when we see details, they light up like fireflies. For those of you who don't understand when I'm saying it lights up, and for those not from the South, a firefly is a little bug that lights up. (laughs) So think nightlight. It lights up like a nightlight. And then after we talk about the detail, that light diminishes. So it's sort of like a spotlight on the issue, and then it goes away. So now I say to the owner, let's see what we have in past lives. And I go to the left because to me, lower energy is always to my left. And I say, all right, pet, let's see if you have had previous incarnations with this person. And I love doing this because every time I do it, it's brand new, for instance. So all of a sudden, it's like rewinding a videotape. It goes zoop and it stops at the past life. For instance, last week I did a fellow from Argentina and the video stopped and locked in. And all of a sudden he was standing there in lederhosen's, which is, you know, a leather short jumpsuit for a gentleman. He had his little dog in his arm and he was standing there. And so I described, I said, you're in Germany, you're in Lederhosen, you've got your dog in your arm. I totally described the dog. And I said, you like to bake. You're a baker and you have a mercantile shop. And so then I said, let's see if you've been in another incarnation together. So it zoomed back further to the left. And I said, yes. And I said, the um, German was pre-war. You were with the dog in the pre-war in Germany. And then we backed up and then it showed me another thing when he was in a suit He was an accountant. The dog then was a girl. It was short-haired, and um, the dog went with him everywhere, and he lived in London. And I described his office and the cobblestone streets and where he lived. And to me, it was just absolutely fascinating. Then, sometimes I get some really cool information, and the dog threw in. He says, you know, the girlfriend that he has now was his secretary back in London. And I always make sure I tell my clients everything. If it comes in my head, I tell the client. And I also say that sometimes I get words that I don't understand that the client will understand. And when I said to him, you know, the girlfriend that you have now was the secretary when you were an accountant. And he says, well, that explains it. The minute we met each other, we knew each other and been living together ever since. And I went, okay. And then I had another dog where I was talking to the clients and two reincarnations back. He was the gentleman had been married to the wife he had in this incarnation before And his dog wasn't coming back, but the dog they had two incarnations ago was coming back to be in their life this time. And so you learn wonderful things like that, and you see a video of exactly what's going on, and you describe it. Now, if your screen's blank, there were no past incarnations. So I think that's also something that you just say, well, you haven't been with this dog in another lifetime before. And if if there's been four or five, they'll just keep going back and back and back and showing you the various scenarios and you describe them in detail. And then you ask the animal anything you want to tell me about this time in your life together. And the animal will fill in the details and any little extra cuties. We had a girl that had been with her cat in many lifetimes. And then when we looked back, the girl that she is now her roommate was her sister three incarnations ago. 
So sometimes you get all this wonderful information that only the dog could know or the cat could know. For instance, I had a girl who said, how do you know that's my cat? I just don't believe it. That's my cat. And I said, well, how about the fact that you want to have a baby and move? Well, you could have heard the gasp all the way from England to the United States. She said, nobody knew that. I said, your cat did. So sometimes when you get information like that, you need to be delicate, but you need to also say it and tell them because if you do it on a need-to-know basis, that person doesn't have the opportunity of free will choice of what to do with the information you give them. So that's really important, I think. And I'm constantly asking about Tell me more about the situation. Give me more information. Is there anything else you want to say? So that in each scenario, the animal is giving me the most information that they can. Then we move to past lives in this incarnation. And once you close an energy door, don't go back to it. Because if you do, you will get a headache that just will not quit. So then we move to this incarnation. And you run the video back from the life of the dog sitting in front of you through the owner's incarnation. We had a cat that was the most interesting thing. The cat morphed into a bunny, and then the bunny morphed into a cat. Again, a small kitten, and I asked, you know, when was this? The kitten said, oh, I was only with her for about two or three months, and she was six to eight weeks old. When I was looking at the bunny, they said, oh, wow, I was a certain age, and I was with them this long, and then now the cat just recently passed and is coming back two more times. Interestingly enough, we have a group which we invite everyone to on Facebook, and it's an animal reincarnation group. You'll see that it says the original reincarnation group, and this person put the picture of the bunny and the kitten she had on the website. So it was really fulfilling to be able to see the two incarnations that her cat had had prior to after I had done the reading. So always ask, show me more, tell me more, show me more. And most animals are just more than happy since they've got your attention. They're sitting in front of you to be chatty Kathy and tell you everything there is to know. Then we move to the current life. And in the current life, I ask and I get express words like, I love my blue blanket. Well, then the client knows that it's the blue blanket they slept in. Or if you hear a word, don't alter it. Just tell the client, even though you have no idea what it means, because the client always knows. Then you ask all the questions you want. The cat will tell you, or the dog, or the horse, the ferret, the bunny. This is not limited. Now, I don't do amphibians and I don't do reptiles, so I'm not in contact with that energy. I do living mammals and birds, aviary and bunnies. So I just can't connect with the reptile energy. It's a lower frequency and I don't go there. When, after you finish the current lifetime, then I go to the death. Now, the death and all the issues surrounding the death, we look at. Being a medical intuitive, I look inside the pet's body first. And in looking inside the pet's body, we look at the organs, the pulmonary system, the vascular system, whatever it takes to answer the client's medical questions about the pet's death and the process, like was he in pain, did he hurt, or what happened. For instance, we had a six-month-old golden that was in the back of a car that all of a sudden just fell over dead. Well, they didn't know what happened, and they hadn't done an autopsy, and she had an aneurysm. Then we had another cat that just was walking across the hall and fell down. Well, he threw a clot, it went into his lungs, and he just died. We had another dog that had sepsis, and he just laid down, and all of a sudden, he just bled out inside. 
And so we were able to answer the owner's questions of why did he die so suddenly? And I think this gives a lot of peace to the owner because they think it's not something that they did wrong. And when you describe the medical issues and let a person know about the medical issues, it lets them feel better in their heart. And if the animal is in pain, tell them, yes, they were in pain, but let them understand what they knew and what they understood and the process it took for them to leave the body. So we answer all of the owner's questions about the transition process, and that usually allows an owner to be at peace with the dying. After death, the pet crosses over what I call the death line. The death line is a wide gap of black, and the reason it's black is because it has no electromagnetic energy in it. Anything without electromagnetic living energy or a living energy frequency is black. After they cross the death line, the pet comes into a beautiful sparkler form. Just sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. They're absolutely gorgeous. And sometimes I've been known during a reading to say, wow, look at that. Because I get to see it and it's just, wow. And it's awesome. And the next part is even more fun. And that's what I love best of all. So every pet, no matter who, what, what form, what shape, what medical issue, always transforms over the death line and becomes a sparkler form, unless you have a walk-in. And then a walk-in turns into a sparkler form and does a U-turn and books it back across the death line and goes into another pet's body. Now, that is something to watch. So when you pass the death line and they come to sparkler form, at that point in time, you say to the animal, are you going to reincarnate? Tell me where, when, and what you're going to look like. Well, that's the fun part. If they're going to reincarnate, then you will see them start reforming or transmorphing into the body that they were going to take. Okay? And that is just so much fun to see. The other day, this dog came up and he kept showing me his ear and he's going to have a big black ear. Another dog stared at me in the face and his eyes were going to be lined with black eyeliner. So I think it's really interesting the way they formulate and they always are showing what they're proudest of. And what you want to say is, show me more, tell me more, show me more, tell me more. And they do. Then you'll say to them, how long is it going to be till you reincarnate? And the animal will give you the time frame. They'll say two and a half to three years. Or the other day I had one say six weeks. I'm already here and I'm going to run into him in six weeks. And then you say, well, uh, excuse me, how are you going to find your parent? Some of them say, look, I'm just going to walk up on the sidewalk and run into them. Others will say, they need to look for me in the ads. Others will say, a friend is going to introduce me. So each of the animals will give you the information you know, or they'll say to you, I haven't decided that yet. Now, instead of making up an answer, tell your client, the animal hadn't decided that yet. You think to yourself, well, what if they don't come back in three months? Sometimes there are circumstances. I had a a client from Japan who had a Russian blue cat that was supposed to come back, and they said um, the cat didn't come back on time. So I tapped into the energy and I said, you have a lot of illness and disease in your home. They said, yes, we do. We've just had a child and the child is sick. And I said, well, the cat is waiting for the child to get well because the cat likes attention and is not going to come and put more hardship on you because as a kitten, it will need a lot of attention until your child is well. Well, sure and suit, as the child got well, as soon as the child got well, the cat appeared back and came back into their life. Another thing is some of the physical characteristics that you see that you're describing might not come out at the exact time the animal was reincarnated. Well, what do I mean? I had another cat that I kept saying, the front paw is going to be dipped and it'll look charcoal gray. So the animal came back. They knew for sure it was their reincarnated pet, but they said, well, Brent, that front paw was not charcoal gray. 
and sent me a picture of the kitten, and sure enough, it wasn't. Well, three months later, I got an email, and there's a picture going, look, he has a charcoal gray front paw. Well, it was because kitty fur was on there, and the kitten fur had to dissipate so that the adult fur could come and take a form. Do not be discouraged if you don't get everything and every detail simply because the animal may not show it to you. They don't have to show you everything. Usually they will show you exactly what they want you to see and nothing more. And they will tell you exactly what you want to hear and nothing more. Now you can prod them and you can interview them and do the best you can, but they've got a mind of their own and they're just not going to go there if they don't want to. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pet's ghostly host, Brandy Stark, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Okay, now we discussed the bad part of the reading, if it's there. And I don't have the choice whether to tell a client if the dog is coming back or not, or if the cat is coming back or not. That's the universe's choice. That's the sole contract between the pet. And I never mess with that. And when they say to me, I'm not coming back, you can hear a gasp from the client which is very hard because it hurts my heart, but I have to give them that information. And then I say to the pet, if it's not coming back, please tell me why you're not returning and tell me what your purpose was in your person's life. And they will give you incredible, very emotional and vulnerable detail of why they're not returning and what they want their owner to do. I had a lady that had a Labrador that she was just wanting to return and the dog wasn't returning because the dog wanted her to share all of the love that she had with other labs. Today, she is a leading foster parent and a rehomer for Labradors in her country. And we applaud all the work she does. And she and her dog, had he come back, would never have allowed thousands of other dogs to find the love in the homes that they needed. So there is always a life purpose and a reason that a pet doesn't come back. Sometimes it's personal karma. It's for the growth of an owner. 
for the owner to learn how to be a better person, how to have a personality, how to be more giving. Sometimes it's for the owner to help more people. All of the reasons are really varied, but if the animal isn't coming back, it's more about dealing with the person's karma and their life choices and their soul's evolution and growth. And that's why the pet doesn't come back so that the person's soul can evolve beyond the place that they and the pet left off. Now, one of the things we've done after we finish all this is we do sort of a summary for the client and I say, are there any more questions you have? Usually the client says, nope, you've covered everything. There are no more questions. Then I had a cat that said, well, y'all might be finished, but I'm not through with the reading. And you go, okay, what do you want to say? Cat says, I want to know where my water bowl is. And you go, what? I want to know where my water bowl is. And I'm going, okay. And the owner's going, oh, that was the water bowl I bought before they died. Yep. So sometimes, even though you think you're through with your client, the pet that you're looking at goes, excuse me, I've got something I want to ask. Had another cat say to me, tell her to keep the red rolly thingy. I'm going, what? Cat said, tell her to keep the red rolly thingy. The owner says, I have no idea what that is. And I went, well, I don't either, but that's what the cat wants. She said, okay, that'll be fine. So three months later, almost to the day, the owner wrote me and said, I know what the red rolly thingy is. And I'm going, thank you for sharing. It was a red tube that the cat would get in and roll around on the floor. And that was his favorite play toy. But when the cat related it to me, it was the red roller thingy. Took a while to sort of figure out that out. And um, those are things that we like to hear. Had a um, dog the other day tell the owner, he says, the girlfriend's nice, but she's got fat calves. Well, I just about wasn't going to say anything, but I said, I got to tell you this. And it's going to, and the owner said, you know, I've always thought that myself. So sometimes the animals can tell you some really interesting things. And when they give you opinions and they will, it's almost imperative that you keep a straight face. We had another one here. We go with a cat again. Didn't like the boyfriend and would back up into the dop kit and urinate. Because he didn't like it. And so the pet owner said, did you do that? Because she had multiple cats. And the cat from the other side, yes, I did. I didn't like him. And I wanted you to know I didn't like him. He said, also, I was the one that tore up your good shoes. And the owner said, oh, dear. I thought it was a black and white cat. The cat that I was interviewing said, no, it was me. She said, well, I'll be darned. He said, I had to tell you, since I'm on this other side, (laughs) you can't reprimand me now. So you hear a lot of things like that back and forth where they're making amends for things they've done that they got out of on earth. And um, I really think it's interesting. At the end, I always remind the owner, always take what resonates with you, throw away what doesn't, and really consider some of the things that you couldn't remember or didn't understand because it may be a layer of the reading. Now, After I've done all this, then I say a prayer, and this is the prayer. Dear God, thank you for the gift of healing energy. Surround me, shield me, fill me, and ground me with the white light. Use me, use me, use me as your highest healing vehicle for the pet's name and the client's name. I ask that the pet and the human and I have no human filters of this and have no expectations of this reading so that thy will be done and the information will be pure and the energy not be tainted. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Use me only for your highest and best good. So be it, it is done. And then I start the reading. Now, for those of you going, what does she mean with the filters and the expectations? I wrote an article on our pet reincarnation blog that talks about expectations and filters. And expectations and filters is the AC's biggest enemy and creates the biggest errors. 
when a client has expectation that my pet is going to return no matter what, and you go in there and you read it, sometimes that owner's energy is so permeated into the tapestry of the pet and so overrides the pet's energy that the AC will give a reading of, yeah, your pet is coming back when factually it's not. And that's where looking at the two snowflake patterns, overlaying those patterns and determining that the two soul blueprints match is 100% accuracy. And sometimes an expectation can skew the accuracy of a reader. Also, when a client goes in and filters what you're saying by, well, you have to answer for what I intend you to answer. And these are the answers that I know you should be saying. And if you're not saying those, I'm not letting you in my head because I'm filtering out everything else with selective listening. Because through selective listening, I only want to hear what I want to hear. And I'm filtering out the rest of it. That is the second biggest enemy for an AC. And it's the second biggest cause of errors in a reading. So it's really important to separate the energy of the client with the energy of the pet. And there's a whole technique to do that, which we'll talk about another day. And there's a whole technique to set aside the filters so that the pet is not in under a dome of the client's filters so that your reading gets skewed. And the article is on our pet reincarnation blog. So that's the first half of our show. And I now want to introduce you to our new co-host. And let me tell you about Coco and how I met her. I'm going to let her share her story with you. But this is how I met her. I was doing a reading and Coco's pet was coming back. And I said to him, show me what I need to see about you so your owner will know. Well, this little puppy backed his bum up to me and wagged his tail. And I went, "Uh, well, I see your bum. This is not particularly attractive. He backed it right up in front of my face and wagged his little tail. And I'm going, "Uh, Coco, he's got his bottom in my face. I don't know what's going on here. She was very kind. She just sat there and was quiet. And I said, Coco, he's got his butt. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Well, what little Jojo was trying to show me was on the back of his body around his little rectum was a white area. It was like a little white circle. And he wanted her to know as tiny as he was to lift up his little tail and look around his little rear end. And there was a white circle that only she would know was tucked away. And since that time, Coco has become the administrator of our pet reincarnation group. And I'm so thrilled to introduce her to you today. And Jojo is her reincarnated pet. So she's gone through the anguish of death, the separation of loneliness when your soul is torn to shreds, and the joy of having a comeback kid. And Miss Coco, we introduce you to the world. We're glad you're going to be our co-host with your sprinkling of love, your wisdom, your kindness, and your thoughtfulness. Welcome. Thank you, Brent. It's lovely to be here. It's absolutely an honor, and I'm really happy to share my story of Jojo and, and your reading. And he's lying right next to me now, sound asleep with his little white bottom firmly in my face. So tell us how we got together, how you believed in reincarnation, and that'll be our show today, and we'll move on to signs, which will be our next show. Well, my story is that back in March, my Joey died. He went to the vet for a routine operation for a lump in his belly, and the vet rang me from the surgery to say that uh, they'd opened him up and found that he had massive spread of cancer, and the best thing for him would be to put him to sleep. 
that day or within a few days, I started to think, how am I going to get Joey's soul into another dog? People reincarnate, so why is it that animals can't? So I started some internet research and the name that came up so often was Brent Atwater. I saw her blogs, she had books, she had a forum on Facebook and out of all of the ACs that you can read about, Brent had the most following, had lots and lots of testimonials and her book just jumped out at me. So I joined the group, I read her books, I read her blogs, I booked a reading and for a few weeks, maybe three or four weeks before the reading, I was a mess but her book certainly took me out of my grief zone. And my heart didn't hurt as much, but I was like most people when their pets die, when they have that soul connection, I found it very, very difficult to live. I couldn't work. I couldn't do much at all. Then I had the reading with Brent. You have to share about what you had already done. You went out and bought a puppy just because you were determined to have a puppy. That's right, I did. Once I got the book and I read about the reincarnation, I thought I will find the puppy or the puppy will find me. But I became an active searcher. I was wishful thinking, thinking I'm going to find this dog because I believe in reincarnation and I believe that I'm spiritual. I thought I'll find the dog. And I went out and purchased a puppy because he looked like Joey did as a baby. And because I wanted so much to believe that this dog This puppy was my puppy and I sent the photo to the group wall and I asked people's opinions before the reading and many members came back saying, oh yes, that's your puppy and and I thought, well, it might be wishful thinking but I'm going to wait for Brent. And as you know, many ACs um, that you can connect with on the internet will tell you what you want to hear and I'm sure that the many, many other ACs would have said, yes, that's your puppy and told me what I wanted to hear rather than telling me the truth. Either way, I wasn't going to be upset. Let's say also not necessarily the truth. They weren't able to discern that fine line of a soul group resonance versus the specific blueprint pattern of the puppy. Because it was in the same soul group vibration as your original JoJo. It just wasn't JoJo. Yeah. Well, then I had the reading with Brent and I'd paid quite a lot of money for this puppy. Yep. And I said to Brent, and Brent said straight up, she said, look, that's not your puppy. And I was actually incredibly grateful because I wanted to know either way. I didn't want to, number one, choose the wrong puppy, especially if my dog was coming back. And then Brent said, yes, Jojo is coming back and this is not your puppy. I did return the puppy. I pulled out of the agreement with a lady and she kept half the deposit and then she donated that beautiful little puppy to a family who couldn't afford one. So it was a double good thing that came out of it. But Brent told me, and I've got it written here, of all the things she told me at the reading, that Joey would be coming back. He'd be coming back fairly soon. So he was on his way into being born. She looked at him and the white ring around his bottom was the first thing. (laughs) And he still has the big white ring around his bottom that he would have a distinctive line down his back. And we both, well, I certainly had the impression it might have been a ridgeback, but he didn't say ridgeback, just a big line down his back, a distinctive line, that he'd be same but different. So same colour, different breed, wasn't really sure, but tan with a distinctive line down his back, he would have a white rear left sock, a white arrow type marking under his chin going up to his chest, white marking around his rear end, which he did. Other more details rather than just how he looked, 
was that he would be local, that I mustn't look for him. He would definitely find me. The numbers 26 and 7 would play a big part. There'd be a sign on a window. The name Callum came up and would play a part in his future. But that the new Jojo would be back to me by Joey's fifth birthday. And this was only four or five weeks away from the reading. And of course, within a few days, or no, within a couple of weeks after this reading, I was walking down the road with my other dogs and a lady came up to me just out of the blue and on her t-shirt was lightning bolt 26 and 26 was one of the numbers. And she just mentioned to me, she said, oh, my friend has just had puppies. And I said, really? And she said, yes, um, I think they're Staffy Cross. And as soon as she said that, and I looked at the number, I thought, this is Brent's reading. She said, we've just put a picture poster up in the post office window for expressions of interest in the puppy. There was another part of the reading. The next day, I went down to see the puppies, and they lived at number seven. And, of course, seven was another one. The man who had the puppies was named Rob Callum. And there were three little puppies, one of which was a tan male, with a distinctive black line down his back. And when I lifted up his little tail, he had a big white ring around his bottom. Every marking that was in the reading was right there in my, my hand. And this was my Joey. And as he's, and now I have him, obviously, every day he shows me signs of Joey. He is now, I don't even consider him to be the replacement or the reincarnation. He is just Joey. He is the same animal and he has, the reading that I got from Brent couldn't have been more accurate if you'd tried. If it had been a scripted movie, it would have been perfect. So all I can Locked say is... Locked up on that one, didn't I? <laughs> you certainly did. And all I can say is I'm so grateful, I'm so happy and honoured to have been the mum of a comeback kid and I love our group and what you do, Brent. It's a wonderful, wonderful job. Well, I think you add a great sense of breadth and width to the wisdom and I'm glad that it helped redirect your life so that you've chosen to help heal hearts and I'm sure in all the radio shows that we'll go forth and help heal hearts and I want everyone to welcome Coco with a big round of applause and we're very thankful that the universe led her to us and she's going to help in our global teaching and in our global spreading of awareness in Team Help Heal Hearts. So look for us and come on over to our Facebook group and our next show. If you haven't seen it, look on the upcoming shows and pick the one that answers your questions for your heart. And if not, we have podcasts that you can get on your treadmill and listen to. And anywhere in the world, you can hear our podcast. So there's no excuse not to listen. And we're going to wrap this up because you'll probably want to go to the loo now or to get another cup of coffee or move along with our other shows to answer more of your questions. So we'll see you next week and we look forward to you joining us and send your questions to Brent at PetLifeRadio.com or put your suggestions and questions on our Facebook page for Pet Life Radio and we'll monthly pull out the best question and that person will get a free animal reincarnation book and we look forward to seeing you then. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.